This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We're randomly selecting listener reviews to read on the show, and if we choose yours, you'll get free single tracks merch in the mail. This week, we're sharing a recent review from 2010MB. 2010MB writes, whether examining mountain biking from the nuts and bolts to big picture topics of the sport and outdoor recreation as a whole, this podcast has it covered. It is very well organized, engaging, and relevant. By far, the Single Tracks podcast is the best bike podcast I have listened to. Great job, guys. See you out on the trail. We hope to see you out on the trail 2010MB. If this was your review, send us an email at info at singletracks.com and we'll get your shipping information. Be sure to add your review of the Single Tracks podcast wherever you listen to our show. Thanks and happy trails. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff and today my guest is Paris Gore. So if you're a mountain biker, chances are you've seen Paris's brilliant photography online and in your favorite magazine. He's spent more than a decade capturing mountain bike culture through the eyes of its athletes and brands in locations around the world, and his highly regarded work is routinely showcased in both commercial and editorial features. Thanks for joining us, Paris. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me on today. So from what I've read, you were a mountain biker before you became a professional photographer. So what's sort of your mountain bike background? I guess since probably sixth grade or fifth grade, I was, yeah, I can't remember, maybe 10 years old and just like obsessed with mountain biking. Like <laughs> I didn't even really have a mountain. I mean, I had this like crappy $400 Raleigh hardtail. Like I would, like I got a full face helmet and I was all freaking <laughs> psyched and, you know, just all the kids were like, thought it was like the dumbest thing. But, um, <laughs> anyway, like, uh, I was just into it. Like I didn't even have a real mountain bike. Like I was just reading all the mags. Like I think I remember in like 2002, like the first rampage, like I remember seeing that in the magazine and just being mm-hmm. like, man, this is so cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah. just being super into it. I mean, I was already like into bikes. My parents had, you know, they were outdoors people. Like we'd, we'd bike and ski and fish and everything. So mm-hmm. I, I was pretty introduced to biking super young and then um i was just getting real into mountain biking like just hucking walls or whatever i could <laughs> find around the neighborhood and then uh my parents entered me into a downhill race back in spokane which is where i grew up and mm-hmm. um i showed up like you know <laughs> like a little dork and this little <laughs> cr- you know crappy mountain bike and the dudes at kona were like buddy like what are you doing man like <laughs> why here here's take this kona stinky out like you can race it I was like, oh wow oh, this is sick like i went from like having like a raleigh v-brake bike to you know be able to race a weekend on a on a downhill bike yeah. which is like a dream come true so yeah and i i started racing and like super young and um was just real into it i wasn't really into photography yet and uh you know, at that age, it was like, I want, I want to be a pro mountain biker. Like, this is, this is what I want to do, right? Like, yeah. 
Well, it sounds like it's interesting because, you know, you said you, when you first, first got into it, like middle school, you were into it, I guess, because of the magazines. Is that fair to say? Like, sounds like you were, you were more into like seeing it than you were actually doing it. I mean, is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of both. I mean, I was, I was definitely writing as much as I was probably more than reading the magazines. I just, you know. Yeah. But that was your initial connection was not like, oh, this feels really good. Like this looks really cool. Yeah. A bit of both for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I would do it and then I would back it up being like, yeah, this looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. And all that's to say, I mean, I've, I've seen you do your thing and like, you're an incredibly talented writer, you know, not to take away from that at all. And you have to be because when you're a photographer, you're, you're hauling around all kinds of gear and you got to get set up and not be like completely out of breath. So yeah, definitely takes both. For sure. I mean, e-bikes have made that a lot easier. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely the background, it, you know, if you weren't a mountain biker, it'd be really hard to be a mountain bike photographer for sure. Yeah. Well, so how do you use that experience as a rider to inform your photography? Yeah, I, um, it's a good question. And I, I, I think it transfers over really well. Like, you know, like, as you said, like I, I ride quite a bit and <laughs> obviously early, you know, probably in 2008, I realized I wasn't going to be a pro mountain biker, <laughs> but knowing how to ride and just understanding style and like what might look good on a trail is so helpful. Like, like if we go out for a shoot, I'll usually lead the charge. Cause you know, an athlete might just, just blow down the trail and I might have a shot that I want that they would be too far down the trail. So I usually lead out anyway yeah. for shooting. And then, um, just by riding the trail, like, you know, you're out having a good time riding, like as a photographer, like I can feel what that shot might look like, especially from someone that can ride it much better than I can. Like if it feels good to me, I'm sure it'll look good on by someone that can actually, uh, you know, is a high level athlete there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, it makes me wonder how has the sort of photography style evolved since you started shooting? I mean, like you can't just be a mountain biker and like, okay, I know about that. And so I can shoot it, you know, for the rest of my life. It's like you're involved in it every day. Like, have you seen it evolve at all? Like in terms of the sport or like what people are doing or like, what's like cool to look at? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when I started, like in, I started shooting biking in 2008 and, I mean, those, those were the days, uh, hucking and downhill racing. And that, that was, that was it. I mean, that was the cool thing to be doing. And I think, and, and as you know, like bikes have changed and, um, shooting trail riding has become more, more popular and kind of more of the thing to shoot. And most of the, the shoots I do now are trail bike oriented, whereas in 2008 and up through 2013, I was just shooting free ride and downhill. Hmm. Just because, you know, trail bikes weren't really a thing. Like, they were, but they were just kind of not taking off yet. Yeah, it wasn't as sexy. And, I mean, I guess, I mean, what is the big thing when you're shooting trail biking, though? I mean, is it is it more about the sort of the backdrop then? Or is it still focused on, like, what the rider is doing? Yeah, I think it's just, the like, the whole adventure. I mean, and I think that's the point of trail biking is that we're all, we're out there having an adventure with our buds. So, like, if I'm shooting trail biking and then I get to showcase that on camera, that's, that's a good day because yeah. that, you know, 
there's a lot of moments that happen on the ride that are funny or inside jokes, but mm-hmm. showcasing that in a camera is, is a good time. And then also showcasing where you are riding, whether that's like deep in the Chilcotins or just in your own backyard, it's, it's all fun. Yeah. And I think people relate to that. And so I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's where the photography is now. Yeah. That's cool. So you studied photography at Seattle Central, which has a a very well-known commercial photography program. Did you see photography as a way to get into the mountain bike industry? I mean, aside from being a pro, or were you thinking that like a photography career would be sort of separate after you completed your program? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I I honestly wasn't sure when I went into it. Like I knew I wanted to be a photographer when I was like, getting really into it when I was 16, 17. So when I was going to college, like I knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, growing up, I'd see the like Sterl and Matias, all those photos and be like, man, that'd be so cool to do that. But yeah, at the same time, I was like, is this the career I want? Is this what I want to do? And like when I was in photography school, I definitely battled like, do I want to do this or do I want to shoot commercial product photography in Seattle and, and do really well in that and then just shoot bikes for fun. Right. Like I just didn't really know how the market worked super well. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a discovering error of like, oh maybe I'll maybe I'll do this. And then then I would just end up shooting bikes. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like yeah. I'm wasting my time doing other stuff. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned that you sort of started getting into photography as a teenager. Were you shooting digital like from the start? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in digital era, like I'm, I'm 27 years old and <laughs> um, I've shot a bit of film for sure. So that's always helped. But yeah, when I was in uh, high school, I was, I took photography class and was the photo editor for yearbook. And yeah, it was all digital Nikon D200s. And I mean, it was early digital for sure. They weren't great. But yeah, definitely digital era. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm sure it gives you a different perspective. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people, they, I don't know, feel nostalgic for the film days or like, yeah, you know, this is how you how you get your chops. But it seems like at the same time, like if you've been shooting digital from the start, that probably gives you maybe not a leg up, but definitely a different perspective. Yeah, I mean, it does. and But I still respect the, the old crew that, started on film and transferred to digital. I mean, that that's an era that is just mad respect for. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it is so different and it's so beautiful that I, I do wish I had grown up in that era of film world, but no, I'm, I'm pretty happy to have been able to start photography so young. Yeah. That's cool. So what, was it difficult to make it initially as an independent photographer? how do you get your name out there and start getting work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super difficult. I mean, I think anyone that started their own business or anything can probably relate. Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough. Like I was in school working at a bike shop down in Seattle as just doing sales and repairs and stuff. And then um, I was kind of like, you know, this free time that this job's taken up is kind of the time I could be doing doing more work and <laughs> you know, piecing out to California with. <laughs> the buddies to go to contests or whatever. So yeah. I was like, all right, I, I can, I can probably make it like I was making like 10 grand a year or something. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was what those days you look back and you're like, man, that was something else. And it teaches you a lot though. 
Like it teaches you because as a freelancer, especially in this industry, like things fluctuate, right? Like this time of year where when we're talking right now is, you know, it's mid-February and like I haven't taken a job since October, but, <laughs> wow. but that's fine. Like, I, you know, I've learned how to manage, you know, my money and how to budget and like mm-hmm. <laughs> I've definitely earned that freedom because, right. <laughs> you know, when I started out, it was like, oh man, I, I made like. $1,500. And then like the whole winter, I'd be like, cool. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're like a school teacher, but like the opposite. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> y- you know, it definitely taught me a lot and, um, and how to hustle and just work really hard for, yeah. for kind of what I wanted to do, even though I knew it was, it was going to be worth it. There was a lot of years of like, yeah, pretty, pretty strapped times for right. sure. So my career kind of, I mean, we'll probably jump back to this, but um, I was shooting downhill world cup in like 2013 and it was maybe this 2014 summer. Mm-hmm. It was like my you know, first few years in shooting world cup and like being full-time photographer. And, and I, you know, hit that point where you send all these invoices in and no one's paid them for like <laughs> a month or two. Right. right. Like I've traveled the world. I've blown all my money, like <laughs> waiting for all my expenses and my, my invoices to come back. <laughs> yeah. Were you on assignment for like brands or? Yeah. I was on, um, when I shot the world cup, I'd have all these retainers and they would essentially, it'd be a contract for the year. But sometimes those contracts, you wouldn't get paid out till the end of the season. And so you'd front a lot of that money up front, like go to you know Italy, Europe. And yeah. You'd pay for your own travel too. I assume they didn't, they didn't buy your tickets. Yeah, so I blew a lot of money, <laughs> and uh, there was this summer I was super broke, and I was like telling my buddy, and he was like, "All right, well, why don't you come over and come on my lawn?" <laughs> I was like, "All right," and uh, it was you know one of those funny things. So he like had me put on his bike rack and on his wife's car, and paid me to mow his lawn for like a couple weeks and get me back to <laughs> get a couple meals paid for. But yeah. I I appreciate those times for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, clearly it takes a lot of passion and, you know, dedication to stick with it and like get to the point where you figure all that out. I mean, yeah, that's something I never, never even thought of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you like, you know, most people go to college, they get a career, they get a regular job with benefits and like it's proper salary, but you know, in 2000, it's just incremented over the years. Right. So I, I keep doing better every year, which is great. And, um, yeah, but it always makes me appreciate this, those times. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So all those aspiring mountain bike photographers out there, I mean, part of it is it's scary, right. To think like, Oh geez, it's going to take a long time, but also it's empowering to be like, well, you know what? Like maybe I'm not making it right now, but if I stick at it, it'll work out. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality I've always had. And like, that's got me to where I am. Like, yeah, it took me like a long time and a lot of failures and a lot of zeroed out bank accounts, but no, that's, that's not the same. So, yeah, that's great. Well, so what's more important when it comes to being a great photographer? Is it technical skills, like how to make the camera do what you want it to do? Or is it more the artistic side where you're selecting your subjects and working on composition and lighting and all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just different for every photographer. Some people maybe you're more natural at one thing and 
not at the other. So yeah, it's a, that's a tough question. Like I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to like personality. Like you could be a really good technical photographer and you go on a mountain bike shoot and you blow it. I mean, it, it's not like there's no, there's no, um, recipe for being like a perfect photographer, I think. But yeah, I think it's just a little, little bit of everything. Like you gotta have a little technical talent. You gotta be a little bit artistic and then you gotta be like super motivated and just like be a good person and just want to get out there and, um, just understand what you're photographing because there's some really good artistic photographers, but they just, they don't know how to shoot like a product or go out on an assignment for a company and actually shoot for the art director or something like that. So there's just a lot of, um, variables in that. Like you could be really good at one, but not the other. So that's being just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it sounds like that stuff. I mean, you're talking more like the soft skills. seems like that stuff is definitely something you have to learn over time. Like you're not going to learn that in school. You're not going to even be able to like watch YouTube videos or like, you know, hang out in photography forums and like find that stuff out. Like you got to get out there and do it. Yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. So is having the right equipment important? Like it seems like a lot of people think to get into photography, they need to, you know, go out and buy like the best camera and, you know, I feel like people geek out about that stuff a lot. Like, is that super important or do you think people could be great photographers just using like an iPhone? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a degree, right? Like if you think about it in biking terms, like, yeah, you don't need a freaking $8,000 bike to go have a good time and do that. But you can't go out on a Walmart bike either. Like you're going to have a terrible time and you're probably going to hate it. So there's kind of a balance where it's like, yeah, I mean, the iPhones are, man, they're so insane now, but they are limited. And yeah, I mean, honestly, man, like even just a GoPro is pretty insane. Like the new GoPros are like, I'll take a photo on that thing. And it's like, man, this is better than my camera sometimes. Do you use the GoPro a lot for still photography? Uh, not really. Like if I'm just out messing around or something like for fun, you know, if I'm not like bringing a camera with me, I'll bring a GoPro or something. It just, they, the fisheye and the wide angles, they're really good on those things. But yeah, yeah. If you're getting into like a proper f- photo camera, yeah, you don't need to spend eight grand. I mean, there's, there's great cameras out there now for a thousand bucks and, and you can, you know, have a little more than an iPhone for sure. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, that's a great comparison when you're talking about bikes, you know, like a cheap bike versus an expensive one. And, and for most people, like you said too, like if you're going out to have fun, kind of doesn't matter, but you know, you're not going out there for fun. I mean, you're, you're the pro, right? Like you're, you're trying to win the race. And so you're going to need better equipment. Yeah. And I mean, to a degree, but I mean, yeah, if, if, if I had a thousand dollar camera, like I, I can still go out and use it and probably come back with a decent photo. And so can anyone if they, they're really passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So what's, what's kind of the craziest thing you've had to do to get a mountain bike photo? You gave me these questions and, um, yeah, I, I was, trying to think about that one and I 
misread it thinking you said, uh, what's the craziest thing you've had to shoot or something. <laughs> and then maybe it comes back all into <laughs> it. It actually is all one thing, but <laughs> I, uh, I started, I purchased some tree climbing gear, I think like must've been in 2012 or 11. Uh-huh. And like, I had no clue what I was doing and just watched some YouTube videos, like watching these loggers. All right. <laughs> get up these trees and I was like oh man this is so dangerous and um yeah started tree climbing and like I think the my record's probably been like a hundred feet up a big old cedar like wow it was it was cool this is like pre-drone I assume too right oh yeah yeah and I mean uh yeah drone drones still they just uh the dynamic range in those things in the forest is like uncomparable to like a really nice camera and so yeah, climbing a good tree will will get you a nice photo mm. still, even yeah. with, with drone technology. So, yeah, tree climbing, that's probably been up there in the more scary things I've done. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, I never thought of that, but, I mean, that is a great way to get a good shot. Yeah, yeah, I haven't used it for a lot. My buddy has all my gear right now because he was working in his yard. But, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of gear to take up, and I just don't use it that much anymore. But. If there was like a specific shot I wanted, yeah, it's it's great equipment to use. Yeah, very cool. So, what type of photography is your favorite to shoot, and and also, I guess just just to look at? I just really like the adventure, like the kind of the moments before and after the action, and hmm. yeah, I guess that kind of all comes back to into like lifestyle and portrait photography, and I just I think capturing kind of those moments on those like really hard trail days or something. I mean, that's, that's just like so cool to be able to photograph. And I mean, I was going to say too, like the action sometimes is just like, it's really stressful and it's like really, um, it can be a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so shooting the actual action is maybe not the most fun sometimes <laughs> depending like what you're shooting. Like, you know, some of those people are putting on like, pretty high risk on the line so it ends up being a little little heavy but sometimes the build-up is just the best like and sometimes it's not even photographing that it's just like building a jump with uh aggie or reader or someone like you know we built this thing in his yard and it took like three days and we had a blast drinking beers and just slapping it together this wood feature Mm -hmm. like that was so fun that was like one of the best parts of the shoot and then that actual riding was like okay cool like that was fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I just, I like all types of the styles. Like everything has a story to it. And I think I definitely like portrait photography because it kind of, it's actually the hard thing to shoot. Like mm-hmm. shooting actions, especially with a really good athlete, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not like yeah. that hard. And I find portrait photography and like, you know, really good portrait photography. Like when you're looking at like high end fashion and all those types, and like mm-hmm. that's a good challenge for sure. Yeah, and that's that's what I like to. That's what I like to shoot because it's challenging, I guess. Yeah, well, that answers I, your question there. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, how do you approach like athlete photo sessions? I imagine you know there's different objectives every time, but like like the more personal ones that you're trying to like sort of capture their personality. Like, how do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think, coming down just to being on a level with an athlete that they feel comfortable with. And 
I'm lucky to have a lot of these athletes as my friends. Like they're, um, you know, people I, I would call friends in my life, like, and having that trust with an athlete, even off the bike is, is huge. Like just you, you can get so many moments and capture so much expression and emotion through someone that's like, if you don't know them, yeah, maybe a good example is if you don't know them super well, just, you know, kind of, I just kind of observe and just kind of get to know them and don't like put a camera in their face right away. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's just kind of different with every person because everyone might be like, some people might be really easy to photograph. Like they're just that kind of person. And then some might be really hard to get a good portrait out of. Hmm. Interesting. So it just kind of just varies depending on who you're shooting. Right. So what percentage of your work would you say comes from editorial coverage versus more commercial photography? Yeah, it's changed a lot over the years. And it's also kind of why like I <laughs> am doing better than I was five years ago. Um, I shot a lot of editorial back, you know, like when I was shooting um, downhill world cups and all that stuff. And I, it was like 50-50 back, back in those days. And now it's, um, it's about 90% commercial work. So is it easier to get one versus the other? And then I imagine they pay differently as well. Yeah. I mean, there, I think editorial is pretty easy to come by. I mean, there's always stories that need to be told and there's always something going on for an event or something like that. But it really comes down just to like, I I try to pick and choose those now. Like I, I only take on stories and editorial content that like i strongly believe in and like really want to do the story just to do it. Like it's not about the money. It's not about being, you know, it really just comes down to wanting to do it because it it does not pay super well. So (laughs) is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, yeah. If you could survive on just pure editorial content, but like you're going to have to really work for it. And the commercial work is, it's quite rewarding as well. And so, also financially and it's like it's just the way of the world of how how photographers have to survive like yeah editorial is to keep your name out there that's that's it you know if you make some bucks on the side that's great but you're not you're not getting rich off <laughs> editorial photography <laughs> right. for sure and and i and i just do it like i you know like to shoot these assignments for fun like they they're always a fun trip or get to do some profile on someone really interesting. And it's like, I'm not doing it for the money on that. I'm just doing that as a passion project, really. Yeah. What about like, for people who are trying to get into photography, like what what would it be like to be a staff photographer? I mean, is that something that you ever considered or do you prefer like sort of being independent and working on the projects that you want to work on? No, that's, that's a good question. Like, I think it's, it could be different for anyone and kind of what they want out of their career. Like I know I got a buddy that's like the staff content creator for transition bikes or like jobs like that. Like it in there, that's an awesome company and, and they're in the sky, like, you know, they make videos and photos and it's a good job for him. Like he loves it. I think there's other photographers out there that are like, take these staff jobs and you kind of end up pigeonholing yourself a bit to that brand. Like if you were someone like me, that's had this career as like a freelance photographer and company said, you know, we'll hire you as a staff photographer for a 
decent salary. It would be a good deal. I mean, you you would have stable income. You'd you just have one job. It'd be nice for sure. But if that ever went away, which it, which happens to to someone I know, just one someone. <laughs> I'm sure, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there, I, it's happened to a couple of people I know, and you you don't have the clients that you had because you were working with one company. And so, oh, right. yeah, you get, you know, you're working for this company for 10 years and then you get out and everyone knows you as that guy or girl. And it's like, well, then what? Like you got to start all over again almost. So, yeah. huh. and then I, I just like being the freelancer. Like you can do so much like on your own time. You can shoot wherever you want. Like you could have 10 different, 20 different clients and they all have different assignments so you get to go on more like bigger variety of trips and shoot with different athletes and also get to do side gigs on you know i i I shoot more than just mountain biking now and like if you were just with one brand that yeah maybe you wouldn't get to do all those things Mm. and that's important to me for sure i mean maybe one day when i'm older and have have kids that that could change yeah i mean it seems like it would be an easy gig like shooting product shots working for I don't know, Jensen USA or somebody (laughs) just like all day long. All you do is come into the office, click some photos and go home at the end of the day. Yeah. And you know, I think some people want that and I I respect it. Like I, (laughs) I see people all the time with jobs that, you know, they're home and they're, their life's consistent. They're like, you know, they're getting paid every two weeks. Like they're (laughs) getting healthcare. Like that sounds pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, no, I I wouldn't trade what I'm I'm doing for anything right now. Yeah, for sure. So what, what's the most expensive mistake you've made over the years? Have you ever like lost a a memory card or like destroyed a camera or anything like that? Yeah. When you sent me those questions, I laughed because I just typed yes to all the above. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I've done done all of them. The mo- yeah, I'll, I'll give you the two two good ones. Um, first one was uh, Rampage 2013, and I think I was like sitting on the edge of a cliff. And usually at these events, we have two cameras just because you want like a wider lens and a long lens. And so I was shooting uh, Kyle Strait coming off the big that huge drop he he hit, and I had a camera in my lap and like. And when he landed, I was stood up and was like, you know, cheering on with everyone else. And as I stood up, I watched my camera and just like, ding, 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 just all down the cliffs. And like, you know, everyone here has probably seen or heard of Rampage, like the big cliffs. Like it felt like probably 50 feet. And another photographer, Ian Highlands, was down there. He just like, camera lands at his feet and he just gives it like a little kick and like, God damn it. Like, it actually ended up being fine. I, I did kind of torch the lens, but um, the body survived it for sure. Yeah, that's good. I mean, for me, you know, I I don't I shoot stuff for for work, obviously, and you know, going to events and stuff. And my worst fear is losing the memory card. You know, like like the camera you can replace, but like a week's worth of work. Like, how can you go back and redo that? No, and that, 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 I actually wrote about an article in Freehub magazine about this because um, it's so funny. I was, we were at Fort William during the World Cup race and uh, I think it was 2014. And like, you know, during, you know, generally anyone that's shot a camera, most of those cards, you kind of 
fill up through the day. And like I had a, I think probably a 64 gig card and I'll, that'll get through a solid afternoon. And so I had <laughs> shot like, this was like practice in like world cup finals podium. I mean, just everything, right? Like this, this card had my job on it. Like this yeah. is everything I had. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, we finished up the day and like we were at Santa Cruz pits having a beer and like in Sven Martin and other photographer was like, we were, I think we were talking to rap boy and I had this insane photo of rap boy like pointing at, at my camera, like in the air, like it was such a ridiculous shot. And, uh, as soon as like, bro, like get that photo, like let's check it out. And, and like, all right. Yeah. And I try to find the card. Cause I had, I just switched cards at podium cause I'd filled up and mm-hmm. no card to be found. Like could not find it. Like, you know, that panic where you're just hearts racing. Like you're like, Oh my God, what, the, what the hell happened? Like, Oh, and like, I'm, you know, frantically pulling apart my bag, pulling everything out. Can't find it. Like stressing out, walking back, podium, looking on the ground, like can't find it. And like all the photographers are still there and like everyone's hanging out, having a good time. I'm stressing super hard. Like, I mean, I have clients there, you know, I have like, you know, 10 clients I got to deliver these photos to. I was working for Pink Bike, got to, you know, I got to deliver and, the really cool thing about all that was all the photographers knew what had happened. Sven had kind of told everyone and everyone, all the photographers told me like, Hey, we'll give you our photos, um, from, from the riders that you need to like, you know, make good on your contracts. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. We got you. And that, that was like the coolest thing out of all that. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause like, Cause you realize like all the photographers, we, you know, we're all there for each other and like, and it's probably happened to them too. I mean, how could it not? Yeah. Yeah. Things happen. And like, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're the only ones kind of looking out for each other. And so ended up, I went home and still stressing somebody, I think Kathy Sessler found the card and gave it to Sven. And then, you know, I, I had to go buy some beers for Sven cause he's, being it being Sven, if you know him, yeah, <laughs> you know he was messing with me pretty good. But yeah, we got the card back, so it was all good. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, I can I can like feel the panic in my chest right now, like thinking about that. This this is the worst feeling. So I want to ask you: Are you a fan of Instagram? Yeah, I mean, I think is is most most people probably have Instagram on their phones. You can probably guess. Uh, me photographer yeah i've got instagram and you've got it yeah but it's like everybody on instagram is a photographer does that like how does that make you feel yeah i i doesn't doesn't bother i think it's great like i think um i think it honestly opens the doors to photography for more people and if that's if that's the outlet that helps you find who you are and then that's great like if you know, if you're someone trying to figure out what you want to do and you discover photography and that's your outlet, like it's awesome. Yeah. Do you use it a lot yourself? Like, do you, are you really active on there? I'm not, I wouldn't say super active. Like I used to be a little more and it's just ends up being a lot of work <laughs> to be honest, but 
Yeah, and I'll I'll post a photo, like try to post every week, but it ends up being maybe every other week and then that goes to three weeks and then <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to be a little better about it. Like it's just kind of a chore, but um I I love seeing people's work on Instagram. Like there's no better outlet just to like see photography and as and for someone like me it's great because people see it and um it's kind of like a portfolio for yeah do you get a lot of work or referrals through that where people are like i've seen your stuff yeah for sure yeah no i've i've gotten work out of instagram like 100 percent, and end up being pretty big jobs um not usually bike companies but um i end up getting a job with bmw um, oh wow automotive through instagram like it was pretty crazy and uh yeah, no, it's a tool. It's it's marketing, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's stuff I don't like about it. There's um, you know, people get too addicted and try not to. I try to limit my time on there for sure. <laughs> yeah, screen time. <laughs> screen time's your friend. So, along those same lines, though, like you know, these days everybody's got a smartphone that takes really good pictures and essentially that, you know, everybody sees themselves as photographers. And so does that in any way sort of devalue photography? Like, like just the fact that people sort of take pictures and don't place a lot of value on them and, and they sh- freely share them and stuff. Like, does that make it harder to get people to pay for your work? I honestly, I think it probably brings up the value. Like I think people know, like the difference between an iPhone photo and like a really good photo that like, (laughs) you know, somebody took that with a real camera. And I, to me, like, I think people respect that. And like, they know most companies aren't just going to go hire an iPhone photographer. Like that's straight up. Not that doesn't even happen. Like people hire photographers because they're good photographers and, yeah, maybe if they're like crazy good iPhone photographers, they might get some gigs and that's good for them. And there's like a market for that. Like, you know, there's people on Instagram posting stuff that they've shot all on iPhone and they get influencer money. Like, that's awesome. Good for them. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that, but that doesn't mean it's taken away from my work. Like, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because in the early days of the internet, it seems like you know, people just thought like everything was free and like you could, you know, grab a photo from this website and put it on your website. And yeah. And I guess that comes down to more usage rights. Like even if I took an iPhone photo, like you couldn't just take it and use it on your site for something. And most people I think know that now, but like, I don't think it's devalued at like photographers work. Like, I think in general it's devalued, but like, yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing though that how big of an impact professional photos can have. I mean, you look at stuff like Airbnb, right? Where like, if you have really good photos, like you can rent your place out way easier than the the people who just like snap iPhone pictures. Oh yeah. Yeah. You sell your car, you can yeah, sell your house, like every, yeah. People respect good photography and I mean, every photographer's dealt with like someone stealing their photo on Instagram or something like that, but it doesn't, I don't think it's, I don't think it strives from 
people taking iPhone photography, you know, photography and stuff like that. I think it's just a, it's more, they just don't know. It's more educational. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Do you, does that make you really upset if someone uses one of your photos? Yeah, I usually just send them a message and try to educate them because usually most of the time it's going to be like a intern or someone new that just doesn't know. And like, you know, you got to educate that person and, and yeah, there's the occasional person that knows better and, you know, you got to give them a pretty, uh, pretty good talking to, yeah, but yeah. Letter you from know, your lawyer. Yeah. But most of the time it's usually, you know, I usually give the benefit of the doubt and it ends up being fine. Like, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, we'll give you, give you whatever, you know, something reasonable. If it's a, brand it's like oh maybe i need that you know i could work out a little trade or something but um yeah it's not it's not like uh it's not like every day you're going online and being like all right who's stealing my photos today nah doesn't i don't i don't let that bother me because <laughs> i i don't know it's there's not like if i see stuff i'll i'll say something and work it out but there's not enough out there to be like yeah, sure. If you're like Annie Leibovitz or like a really famous photographer, you probably have a person doing that, just finding those photos. And they're probably making a lot of money, <laughs> to be honest. But someone like me, like there's not that many people stealing mountain bike photos. So Yeah. Well, they're worth stealing if that that means anything right but yeah you're right the market is not quite as big so yeah usually it's just brands reposting a photo or like stuff like that and you're just like hey instagram police here (laughs) so what tips do you have for amateur mountain bike photographers who are really just looking to document their rides with their friends you know not necessarily looking to get published or like do commercial work but like people just want to take photos for their own sake yeah, I mean, I think just just have fun. Like I think we were talking about that earlier. It's like it's a huge part. And um, if if that's with your iPhone, that's great. If it's with your GoPro, awesome. If you if you're the type of person that just wants a little more than an iPhone photo, like find a camera that works for you. Don't like spend a bunch of money on like what Chris Burkhart told you to buy, like on you know Outside Magazine. Like go try some cameras out like figure out what you want that works for your life and like if if that's an iphone that's awesome but yeah and i think just you know taking pictures of all the fun moments like those are the things you'll remember like you don't you know shooting actions shooting your buddy hucking some cliff awesome that's that's great um good times but (laughs) Like, uh, you know, shoot your friends, shoot, shoot the shuttle, shoot drinking beers and all that stuff. Like those are the, those are the memories that you want to keep, I think. And like, you know, if you're just having fun taking pictures, like you'll, you'll find what's fun to shoot pretty quick. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you're advocating for, you know, basically like a candid, candid style, right? Like not like, Hey, session this jump until I get like the perfect shot of it, especially with your friends. Right. Like that's, that doesn't make sense. But if you like, if your friend wants to go hawk a jump 20 times and 
get a sweet photo <laughs> and go for it. That's right. awesome. Right. Yeah. It's more thinking of the writer, the, the, the subject of your photo than yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you need, you don't need to go like get the perfect action shot just to like show your buddies that you had a great day. Like, you, you know, take a picture of the sweet mountains and like nature and everything around you. Like that's, that's what's important too. Yeah. Um, Cause like we're usually out there just to enjoy all that. Like, you know, hucking our meat and ripping a trail is fun too. So definitely photograph that. But, um, yeah, people, people seem to focus in on just that part. And then I think the more important parts are the things around, around that. Yeah. That's really good advice. So what are some of the projects you're working on this year for 2020? Yeah. I think I was telling you earlier, like I've kind of had a nice little lull, which is good. Like, I mean, a lot of these companies, they, they don't shoot a lot during the winter just with product schedules. Like we shoot everything in the spring and fall. So a lot of that work's already done. And so, um, yeah, right now it's kind of the time of year where I'm just like getting things going, like, you know, talking to companies that I've been working with and figuring out what we're doing for the year. I've got a couple random commercial gigs coming up and then, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not planning some epic trip to uh, South America in a month. <laughs> if that's, if that's what you're asking. I, you know, these things kind of yeah, seem to always to work on a last minute basis. So yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah. I've got a couple of jobs in March that are, um, one's like a ski job and then, uh, uh some, some running, trail running work and some footwear work for a company here in town. And then, um, just did a, did a little gig for Patagonia last weekend. And then, oh, cool. yeah, it, it, things just kind of get going this time of year. And then by March, I'll be like pretty booked out. Like just kind of, it's just how it goes. It's really funny. Like there's no, are there certain events that you shoot like every year? Or are there things that you kind of pencil in the calendar? Yeah, I mean, Red Bull Rampage, I shoot for Red Bull and also for Joyride. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of the main events that I'll do this year. Yeah, so those are already somewhat planned out. I guess they haven't launched dates for Rampage, so we don't we don't know what that is yet. And then, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I can just kind of fill in the gaps and kind of take it as it comes. Like, that's kind of how I've done it. Like, people don't plan shoots, like, in September and February. <laughs> Like right. as much as it would be nice, it doesn't happen. Like people plan shoots like two weeks out and they're like, Oh my gosh, we're wow. Well, right. Well, I mean, and that, that's again, like why I guess it's helpful to be a freelancer and to be independent. So you can be able to like get out there, you know, kind of at a moment's notice. Yeah, for sure. It's fun. Like I, I enjoy just this, um, spontaneous nature of that, like, like, you know, one day you're like, doo, 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 and the next day you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to California next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I know I've learned a ton about photography and sort of how that all works. And I know you're also your story and your career and your work inspires a lot of mountain bikers as well. So thanks. Yeah, thanks Jeff. Appreciate it and thanks for thanks for taking the time to have me on. 
Yep. Well, you can see some of Paris's work and learn more about his services at parisgore.com. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.